What's up, everyone? I'm Lexi Rafael, and we also have Michael Johnson in the house. To in the house, uh, we have Fonzie joining us today, one of the Biz Bros, and Woo-hoo. so it's going to be a party. Let me just do a, a little bio so you know a little bit more about him and specifically about the Biz Bros. This this bio is about both of them. So uh, the Biz Bros have spent the last five years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. Throughout their journey, they discovered the systems and principles on how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. They explore framework strategies and distribution models in order to turn your content into profit. In the last few years, they've helped companies like Orange Theory, Red Bull, JWB, Property Management, the CSI companies, Think Different Theory, University of North Florida, Smile Stylist, F45 Fitness, and many more. So we got some good stuff today. Ooh, we're excited. Song, and then we'll we'll bring them on. Rock and roll. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, a.k.a. your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Cool. Fonzie! Fonzie in the house. What's up, One of the biz bros. We are so excited (laughs) to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm so pumped up. That intro got me pumped up. I was like, I felt like I was in a motivational movie, you know, running along the beach in there. Uh, rethinking our whole strategy. <laughs> so yeah, I absolutely love it. Thank you for having cool. me, guys. Yeah. Um, we like to start with this question with all of our people. Um, and it's fun because we've already done the interview with, with your brother. So we're so excited to see the differences and hear the differences and, and how you guys tell it differently. But um, as you heard in the intro, we talked about uh, the rabbit hole. And we found in our journey, like, once you get into the marketing world, there's a little bit of a rabbit hole, right? And so what was your rabbit hole moment? Uh, that's yeah. what we want to hear. That's a beautiful question. I think I'm going to rephrase that question. What hasn't been my rabbit hole moment? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I am constantly driven to rabbit holes. And, you know, personally... I was kind of like the one that dig a little bit deeper at first into the online marketing world when we, we, you know, he had a job. I was about to graduate from college. I didn't have a, you know, settled job, if you want to put it that way. I was working here and there helping, you know, coach two to six years old in soccer, which taught me a lot of patience. But I was, you know, looking for different opportunities. How do I make more money? Why can I do and obviously, I wanted to make money from the comfort of my couch, right? It's like, hmm, that sounds <laughs> absolutely amazing. How can I make money online? Was that what I type on Google? And all these things started popping up, right? As we know, one of them, it was around the time where, uh, you know, ClickFunnels, Russell Bronson, he launched his first book, Dotcom Secrets. Yeah. And I kind of like ran across his ad. Obviously, they retargeted me for eternity. They still retargeting me probably from that time. <laughs> Yeah, I got the book. I got, you know, how they call it, the Kool-Aid. I got into the environment, the ecosystem. And as soon as I started reading the book, I was like, I'm hooked. I was like, wow, 
it's so easy, right? For me, it was the belief of oh, it's so easy to make this happen, right? It's doable. I can actually sell whatever I want online. But then the question was, what am I going to sell? And, right. you know, as I started going down that rabbit hole, obviously, I started learning a little bit more about funnels, online marketing. Then we started investing in our first course. Uh, it was a $1,000 course by Ty Lopez, right? The con controversial public figure, Ty Lopez. <laughs> he was kind of like promising people that social media marketing agencies were the next big opportunity, which honestly, I believe they were a pretty big opportunity. Not sure if it was the biggest one, but it helped us, right? But we went that down that rabbit hole, just learning, 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 learning. What is the trick? What are the strategies? And personally, at that moment, I was on the mindset of what is the one thing that is going to take me quickly from being a bum in my couch to being a successful <laughs> entrepreneur in my couch, right? Uh, which now looking back at it, I'm like, this is totally ridiculous. But that was the mindset, right? I just wanted the quick win. And I was diving into all these tips and tricks and strategies and, you know, secrets and hacks just because of the fact that I didn't really want to put in the work. I just wanted a quick win. Uh, that's great. Love that. Um, next thing. That, that was beautiful. Thank you for, for answering that. Um, have you ever had to throw a Hail Mary in your business? And keep in mind, we have heard the story from your bro. So let's see what your version of the Hail Mary is in, in the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to align there. I think it's the, the same Hail Mary we have in mind. I think he experienced experience it differently because... Personally, I believe he had more at stake, right? More on the line yeah. and me not so much, right? I, right? He has a family, right? He had a job at the moment. I was just by myself, you know, of course, <laughs> I, I have my brother and everything, but, you know, in terms of bills and responsibilities, my only responsibility is literally to biz bros and then to my soccer team, go play soccer, <laughs> you know, on the adult right. soccer league. So it's, it's not even that serious. So that Hail Mary that you, you're mentioning is is the podcast, right? For us in 2020, March 2020, about two years ago now, actually, the 18th is when we published our first podcast episode. And so cool. yeah, we, you know, around that time is when everything started coming into lockdown because of, you know, the covid and here in Florida, slowly but surely, everything started closing as well. And our clients at that time were mostly brick and mortars. We didn't offer exactly what we offer right now. It was kind of like an evolution. We were trying to figure out where we were in the marketplace. But we we're, were working with content. So we were going to places physically and record, you know, and help people with their content. So obviously when they shut down and we couldn't do that anymore... All of our clients were like, bye bye. Not all of them, about 80%, which was a huge hit, especially wow. if 80% of your business, right? Like, especially if your business is not making that much money, right? 80% is a lot. So, right. my brother, obviously, he went into immediate freakout. I, I'm not gonna lie. I personally, obviously, more than freakout, I think I was kind of like, frustrated and a little bit disappointed like wow all this effort that right. we've been putting in because at, at this point we've already tried multiple other businesses right we tried screen printing uh stickers then we transitioned a little marketing agency developed course 
a lot of stuff, right? A lot of freelancing mostly, but this felt finally like we had a business going on. And then when 80% of them tell you goodbye, it was, it was pretty bad. My brother did freak out a lot. So I told him, go for a walk because I cannot stand your negative energy around, around me right now. <laughs> and so I sent him off for a little walk. I sat at the office. And then when he came back, we started chatting and, you know, we realized, hey, we were actually trying to figure out how to pivot from these clients. Like we weren't enjoying working with them as much. And we do, we want to do work with people that we love, people that is fun to be with. And that wasn't the occasion anymore. So what if we look at this as a positive opportunity instead, instead of, you know, sit down, which it's okay. It's okay to, you know, feel your feelings, be with them for a while. But then instead of just sulking and being sad and, and <laughs> negative, negative, right about it, look at the positive side. What is the positive side? There's always a positive side of things. And for us, it was, well, we got this capacity back. Right. 80 percent of our time now is wide open. What are we going to do with it? And at the moment, one of our clients, actually our first client about of the service that we do right now, he was doing about three podcasts a week. And we use him as an example. We're like, huh, we've talked about doing a podcast for a while. We have the equipment. We actually invested in the equipment about a year ago. We recorded five episodes, never published them. What if we actually do it seriously right now? We do three episodes a week. And that was the start of it, right? Like we literally sat down, started recording three episodes per week. Two years later, we haven't stopped. Wow. Yeah. So and cool. that that right there is what changed everything for us. After that, we uh, recovered the business. We managed to get more clients. We grew our team. It, now it wasn't just my brother and I. Now we actually had an editor, designer, right? Project manager. Like we grew Thanks to having the platform and having a way to connect with other people. That's great. You know, we obviously the podcast is called Marketing Choreography. We talk a lot about systems and principles and marketing. And uh, so the next question we have for you is what's the marketing principle? If you can even narrow it down, right? Well, what's the one marketing principle that's kind of changed the course of your business? Mm, that's good. If we go back to the first question, right? That rabbit hole. Um, we, we, you know, I, I love everything digital marketing, first of all, like I love funnels, copywriting. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, the, the way it all works, how to, you know, acquire customers, uh, having your math right, that your funnels are working beautifully. We, right. we try that though. Right. And I think there is a time and place for that. But us putting the focus there wasn't the right user of our resources. And we realized that we were trying to pretty much attach other people's house into our situation, right? And our circumstance. And it doesn't always work that way. So we needed to figure out or how. How are we going to do things that fit our capacity or resources that most importantly, overall, we can actually execute on those things on a consistent basis? Right. So... Having now that clarity, we started realizing that the podcast for us was a way to communicate with people, right? We started offering a high ticket service, right? Not just a one-time payment, but it was a month-to-month -month service that would give us, you know, the revenue that we needed to now have more of that cash resource to invest in other parts of our business. That is, you know, hiring 
awesome talent or whether we wanted to invest in other places. And we realized that, hey, this is what we need to focus on, right? What is our principle? Well, we need to connect with the right person, right? Build rapport with them and put a lot of emphasis on these relationships. You know, going back to the funnel world, Funnel Land, how we're calling it right now, my brother and I. Uh, it's a beautiful place. We love Funnel Land. We don't have anything against <laughs> it. But in there, talk a lot about marketing to the masses, right? Yeah. Hey, you need this amount of traffic and then convert 20% inside of your funnel, 5% sales page, whatever it is, right? Again, beautiful concept. But when you start looking at it, how am I going to drive all that traffic? I don't have the cash resource to yeah. you know, bring put ads and bring all these people in here. Or maybe I don't have the time resource to invest into the, a, a summit, right? Where I'm going to bring 20 other people with huge lists, whatever, right? We need to look at our resources. And if we want to pull that huge audience into our funnels, it's very challenging. So for us, we realize, huh, why don't we leverage the relationships that we're building inside of our podcast? They're people right. that, you know, have influence, have you know, resources, because they have, we're interviewing, we're talking with people with successful businesses. Why don't we, you know, put more emphasis on building those? Why don't we just pour into those people? And I'm sure opportunities are going to come out right now. We didn't leave it to chance. Obviously, we started practicing transitions. How do we transition this into seeking opportunities? And so, and eventually that led to our business growing. These people that we had, you know, trust and rapport and we just building honestly cool friendships with there. They started right. seeing the work that we would do and also the attention that we would put on our platform. And that translates into everything that you do on the side. And now they were open for a business conversation. They were open to right. see if it was whether a good, you know, B2B partnership or if it would if it would be a good partnership for them to refer us to their network or maybe sometimes we were just became good friends right and right. and that's totally fun fine with us right so if we want to boil it down to the minimal viable principle right it would be knowing exactly who you want to serve right like um your ideal customer profile ICP right who is that person that I really really want to work with and then how can I get in contact with them? And then how I transition that from, you know, building rapport and having a great conversation to seeking opportunities. Those three steps pretty much have done everything for us. That's amazing. Drop the bomb right there. <laughs> if you did, if you didn't write down notes on that, people, you got to stop this pause for a second, write those down because for the love of all yeah. things, that is amazing. Well, and, and I just love that you, you talked about how your how is different. You know, we, we love to talk about that inside of marketing choreography because, you know, you get in the way that you got in and maybe it was through funnel land, right? Yep. And you see what's happening. And, and sometimes that's not the right solution, but you can take the principles from that and you can go, this is the right thing for me right now. Um, exactly. But the principles are still there, right? So yeah. I love that you talked about and, that. And, you know, it's not like we would never use funnels. Eventually, right. when we get to the point where we can pour the resources, right, without stressing us to the point that it was doing it before, <laughs> we're right. probably going to do it, right? right? Right now, we are focused on delivering a different type of service, too, that, to be honest, 
it is easier easier to sell on a one-on-one -on -one conversational basis, right? Building relationship rather than through a funnel, right? Like not many people are going to buy a month-to-month, $2,500 a month, you know, service through a funnel. Like they right. want to have a conversation to make sure that's a, the right type of investment. But now we're proving this thing, right? We're proving some of the frameworks, the things that we're doing with our clients. Guess what? Now we can package that and create a product, which eventually right. that we can sell through the funnel. So again, I think there's stages for it. Um, it's yeah. not out of the picture. Eventually we'll go back into funnel land for sure. I mean, we're still we're still very involved in funnel land. I'm not gonna lie. We love to go to the events and you know chatting with people in the community. Oh, yeah. But in terms of execution, it's part of the journey. We just don't know when. Right. Yeah. No doubt. You know, we again with a name like marketing choreography. Uh, it's funny how many times we talk to people and they say, "Well, we don't need marketing right now." And and Lexi and I kind of like cringe and, and just like it hurts our soul. What are your thoughts about somebody saying they don't need marketing? Um, I would, if we would, if I would have a glove at that moment, I would you know, <laughs> take it off one finger at a time and then slap him across the face with the glove. <laughs> uh, honestly, when people say that, I'm like, well, I don't know what to think exactly, right? <laughs> but there needs to be some level of education here. But I would right. probably start by asking them, why do you think you don't need marketing, right? right? And, you know, we've been on that end of the stick where first thing they caught is marketing and they tell us, hey, <laughs> goodbye. But then it's like, okay, what are you going to do? Are you just relying on, you know, holding to the customers that you have? You think nobody's going to cancel? Like, how are you going to acquire new customers, right? How are you going to reach new people? Like you, right. and that is it. Not that we caught marketing, but because honestly, at this point, the marketing in our company is my brother and I. Like we're the ones that are doing the whole marketing. We're in social media. We're pressing, right? But we've been on the end of the stick where we are so busy fulfilling and doing work for our clients that we neglect the marketing side of things. Right. And there's no flow. There's no cash flow. There's no new clients coming in. And guess what? When some of the old clients leave, you're left with, wow, what am I going to do now? And you're rushing and you're stressed. You don't have, you have a clean pipeline, you know, shiny, no prospects in there. And now <laughs> it's an issue because guess what? You need to bring cash flow. You need to bring new clients because guess what? You, you have payroll to pay. You have people right. now that are relying on you. So pipeline has to be consistent. You need to be driving new prospects all the time, having conversations all the time whether you close them or not, because at the end of the day, those conversations help you too in your messaging, right? Your whole marketing. So it does need to be a constant on your business. So I will start by asking them that, just like, why do you think you don't need marketing? And hopefully, you know, as the conversation goes and asking them more questions, they start realizing themselves, wow, marketing is actually a must in the business, just as, as operations, right? Just as operations and your finance side of things, like you need sales and marketing. And if you're not doing that, your business is probably just going down. Speaking of a segue, holy cow. Great, great it was segue. like we planned it. You, <laughs> you led us right to the next thing. I appreciate that. <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm curious now. I'm like, what is it? 
we oftentimes teach uh, a framework that we love uh, in terms of marketing because we believe, uh, like you just so eloquently put, that marketing is is your business. Everything in business is marketing. It's not just getting leads. It's also what's going on on the inside to retain and ascend your customers. And it's also following the numbers and knowing the math, like you said earlier, and, and understanding that side of it. So we teach a, a concept called OLE. It stands for your operating system, your lead gen system, and your evaluation system. And we put them in that order because uh, it's really great to have a lead gen system. But if you don't have an operating system that that you have figured out your marketing for, then it doesn't do any good to put pump leads into it. So you have to have your operating system first. You have to have your lead, just, your lead gen system because if without customers, like you said, you're kind of hosed. <laughs> and you have to have an evaluation system. So the whole next section here that we're going to ask you questions about are about those different systems. And uh, and so we just want to find out some more and, and share with people what you're doing inside of each of those systems. So in your operating system, at what point did you realize having a, a marketing system was more important than just running a one-time tactic? Yeah. Um, I think since we got, again, indoctrinated in that marketing world, we always had the thought, right? Even though we neglected it sometimes, we always have the thought of marketing is necessary. Like we need to have leads coming in. Um, yes, sometimes that wasn't represented with our actions. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thought and the principle has always been there, right? right? A lot of it, though, has evolved through just through action instead right. of... Let me go get somebody's tactic and strategy. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I still fall for certain things, right? I'm scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, and I see somebody's ads and it does sound very appealing. I'm like, wow, I wonder what that is. I'm very curious and I want to learn other people's systems as well. Now I see it with a different mentality. I'm like, what can I learn here that I can potentially, you know, include, apply in my business or how can I tweak it in a way that works with us based on our capacity and resources. But at the end of the day, for us, it was a matter of taking action, right? As we were taking action, as we started, you know, the po- when we started the podcast, for us, the ho- our idea was we're going to monetize somehow the podcast. We have no idea how. Right. At first, it was actually kind of, ah, let's see if we can get people into our funnel, <laughs> right, through the podcast. And then right. we realized like 10 people were listening at first. <laughs> We're like, well, that plan is out the window. Let's see what else we're going to do. And then it wasn't actually until episode 20 that we decided to start bringing guests. And it wasn't until episode like 50 or 60 that we realized that actually the people that we were bringing were like perfect customers for us, that they were the, the perfect profile. So it started evolving through action for us, right? And those systems started to develop. Same with the operational system, right? As we started... We had a promise. We're like, hey, we can do this. But then as it grew, we needed to get a little bit more organized. And we started building those those processes. Okay, this is how we're going to do here. This is how we're going to do on this other stage. And then this is how we're going to manage our team, right? And we started, yeah. we read some books. For example, EOS is very, like it's very famous in the entrepreneurial community. And, you know, we implemented daily huddles, L10 meetings inside of our business, but again, it's been very organic, that evolution on, on processes inside of our business. And honestly, most of it is just because of taking action. So if somebody takes something out of it from this conversation today is take action and then reflect on it. Reflect on what you did. What were the challenges that caused? Maybe what were the things that were pretty smooth and then document them and then just keep going. 
love that. Yeah. When you started the podcast, did you know what that core product was going to be or was it just discovery? So we we kind of knew the the product already um, okay. because a few months before that, that's part of why my brother was very stressed out too. Uh, we made a pretty big investment, right? And I say we, but if I'm being honest, it was mostly my brother because <laughs> about, I think it was like five months before that, we my brother quit his job, right? Five months before that, he said, this is it. I'm going to go full-time with Base Bros. And he went on something that I really admire, right? With a newborn and, you know, married. He went on and, and grabbed a loan, picked a loan for a year of living expenses, right? So... I don't know the exact number right now off the top of my head, but let's say it was like 40 grand. Let's say he, he had 40 grand of loans that would last him a year. And that, that was meant the year where we were just going to scale business. We were going to dedicate our time to acquire new customers and just like improve our craft. Well, literally, the next day that he quit, we went to an event where they sold a mastermind for 20 grand. And we were like, heck yeah, let's do it. Oh I personally God. was like, I want to do it. This is awesome. But at the same time, in my mind, I was like, we don't have that kind of money. And my right. brother was like, yes, we do. We do have it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He's thinking about using that loan money, right? And, right. of course, he was scared because that would mean he's pretty much cutting the time frame that he gave himself for business to be successful. He's cutting that in half now. And we're investing this in somebody that's sure. Yeah. Like we trust and we love this person, but at the same time, is it actually going to give results? You always got that, you know, buyer's remorse. So <laughs> we ended up investing the $20,000. We didn't put them all at once. Um, we put a down payment and then we had to pay kind of like in increments as we, as we went through. But that was in part why my brother was so scared. Now, those five months between that investment and when we launched the podcast, they helped us a lot to refine what we wanted to do because we were a little lost. We had a few options. We were kind of like, yes, yes, people, you know, somebody <laughs> would come. They said, can you do this? Yes, of course we can. <laughs> we returned to YouTube and Google if we didn't know how to and we would figure it out. But after that, we sat down and with their help, we managed to distill kind of like our expertise, what we enjoy doing, what we knew we could, you know, give results to people. And it came back to content, right? Which it turned into content momentum, which is a service that we offer right now. Right. Very cool. Um, how do you, how many ways do you currently have to get people to that content momentum program? Yeah, honestly, right now is, so this is, and this is the, the beauty of, again, I know, and I'm not, I go back to the podcast, but it's because yeah. honestly, is there one channel, right? If I'm being honest, right. the podcast we bring people on, build those relationships, and then present them with the opportunity, right? It's very organic, too. So that is like our one way. Now, the cool thing is that this compounds because now we have over 200 guests that know what we do. They're friends. We have rapport. So when they know somebody that needs something right, related that we can potentially help them, something that it might be in a field of expertise, they're referring them to us, right? They're sending them our way. So that is a cool way. At, at first, it was very challenging because pretty much the only good quality leads that we had were the people that were just showing up into the the, the podcast. 
Right. But as the show grows, you start seeing more opportunities develop, right? You start building your own Rolodex, which is absolutely amazing. And, you know, the whole thing is let me be of value to my community, to my people, to my friends that have come to the And, you know, you can call it passive, relying on the law of reciprocity a little bit. But these people like you. These people trust you. They know what you do. And that's the key part. You need to tell them exactly what you do. And they need, they need to be clear on that. And you need to let them know, too, that you're searching for opportunities. Hey, we're looking for opportunities. If you know anybody on your network, you know, that might want right. some help with content, guess what? Send them our way. And then we can help them out. Um, but, yeah, that is pretty much, like, our only way. We have done a 45 live challenge with which is kind of like going live on facebook for 45 days in a row uh yeah. we've done things here and there we go online we do we do outreach i'm not gonna lie i think that we started implementing that um not too not too long ago just kind of like outbound and it has been great too because that just presents you with more opportunities so again we always look at it under the lens of does this fit our capacity and resources yes let's give it a try no, maybe let's put it on the side and then we'll come back to it. Right. Awesome. I like that. I love that you go back to the resources. That's that's so huge. Like people sometimes don't think about what their mm. resources are and then they just try to do all these things without analyzing that. So yeah, such it, an important lesson. Absolutely. And, and it's funny how we got into kind of like that epiphany, which right. was we were trying to publish a lot. We actually try to sell our service to a local business here and they were like, this is awesome. This looks amazing, guys. But where's your stuff? And we're like, ooh. It, it, it felt like, I don't know, Muhammad Ali just hitting a one-two, jab-jab. And they were like, man, this is awful. Because right. we didn't publish at all, right? So we're selling smoke, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> and then after that conversation, we were like, okay, we need to start publishing. We need to start creating content. What are we going to do? So we decided to, at first try the Gary V method. Let's just be everywhere at all times and create massively. And that's what managed at the end after reflecting in a, actually in a conversation with Catherine Jones. I don't, I'm not sure if people might be familiar with her. Yeah. Uh, we were talking to her and this concept that we call the publishing pyramid came out. Yeah. And at the top of it is resources, right? So we were trying to execute with the resources that we didn't have at a level of resources that we didn't have, right? Gary V has a team, editors, right? I, I think he's, he shared the number once. He right. spent about 20 grand a month on content, just some organic content. We were trying to operate as a 20 grand team, just my brother and I. <laughs> we were meant to fail, right? So when right. we started analyzing and just, you know, reflecting on our experience, we realized that we shouldn't start with the resources there. So we started, we went all the way back down and rebuilt a pyramid, which goes message, consistency, then we measure our capacity, and then what are the resources that we can drop into all that. And eventually those resources grow. You can pour more into, into that growth. That's awesome. You mentioned that your primary source of leads was really the podcast and that's your, that's your main channel. Uh, do you guys run any ads or, or hire out to run any ads or not yet? No, we don't. We don't run any ads. Again, awesome. in the in the future, we we probably will. There's actually sure. a yeah. a cool news. I, I cannot share it. But I'm, we're actually sharing it for the first time in an hour. So that yeah, we have, we have like a special stream coming up. We can have 
eight people coming to the show. And it's because it's a special occasion. First, we're turning two years. Content is profits turning two years, which cool. is crazy to think about because yeah. I don't feel like besides soccer, we haven't talked to anything for that long. Uh, <laughs> I got to rephrase that. My brother has been married for longer than two years and I've had my girlfriend for longer than two years. So they'll be happy <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> but besides that, right, is we those two years of consistency allowed us to have an incredible opportunity, which we're going to be revealing. And, you know, the ads thing and spend and all these things might change a little bit due to that opportunity that's coming. What's the best lead magnet you guys have ever built? I mean, the the ones that we keep referring people to is just, uh, we call it the um, minimal viable content, MVC. So it it sounds pretty, pretty self-explanatory, right? Minimal viable content. How can I publish with the yeah. minimal amount of effort. And that came out from that conversation as well that we had with that that one business. Yeah. Because after we realized that we couldn't operate at the level of those resources that we didn't have, we started asking ourselves, okay, how can we... And we came across the minimal viable content. And it was, it was kind of funny. I don't, you know, sometimes the universe has a way of putting things in front of you. Because I remember sitting down and... Sometimes I just like get lost in my mind. And I was thinking like, wow, growing up, my dad used to call me lazy a lot, right? Like I would be sitting down and instead of maybe getting up and dropping the trash inside of the trash, I would just like throw it. And then if I miss, my dad would be like, you're so lazy. Uh, lazy people work double, right? Like get up and put it in there. So I start, I don't know why I started thinking on that. And I was like, huh, actually being lazy at that part, like, being lazy doesn't mean that I have to work double because if I miss, I just had to get up once, right? It didn't mean I, I wasn't making the trip twice. So that whole thought process right now seems irrelevant, but that's that whole thought process led me to how can I create content the lazy way, right? And I know that doesn't sound pretty, but for me, <laughs> it's more of a energy management type of thing. How can I create content the lazy way, because at the end of the day, my objective is just to be in front of people, right? We say consistency is art, right? And art is an acronym for authority, relevancy, and trust, right? And literally being consistent is an art too. Like it takes a lot of work and effort to be consistent. So in my mind, I started saying, huh, how can I publish the lazy way? And that's how the minimal viable content came across. And I'm not kidding you, literally like, Two weeks after I came up like with that minimal viable content topic, I picked up this book called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. I don't know if you, if you guys have read it, but I think it, he says it in the first uh, episode, in the first chapter. He talks about minimal viable effort, right? And he's saying the key to developing new habits is not to make like this big habit and then just going all out. He's like, he's building it one small step at a time, balancing ability and motivation, right? So he has a whole graph in there explaining it. And I'm, this was like two weeks after I decided to have lazy content, minimal viable content. And I saw the graph and I was like, I can't believe this. Like the, literally the universe is just putting it in front of me or <laughs> my brain is so aware of the concept that I'm, you know, unconsciously looking for this type of information. And I saw that and I was like, this is a perfect explanation for the minimal Bible content, right? When are the moments in time where we have the most motivation 
and what required the least amount of like, of ability to get something done. Th- those are the points in time where you are more apt to do something, to do the, the tasks that you want to do. So I always use the example of working out. You wake up in the morning, you're motivated, and guess what? Is the ability to do 10 push-ups is not that difficult. You can just drop on the ground and do 10 push-ups. So use that time to start the workout, to start that habit, right? High motivation, low level of ability. Now with content, it would be something, okay, what part of the day am I motivated? Or the moments that you find inspiration, we all have those moments where like, oh, that'll be such a good piece of content, right? And then the least amount of ability. We try to overcomplicate it. We're like, yeah, let me edit this, let me record and then edit and then put all these graphics on top. No, like you have Facebook Live that you press one button and you talk and really doesn't require any sort of ability and it's already out in the world and you already publish. Right. So that is the essence of the minimal Bible content. And I just I know I just went on a full on tangent sharing the story. <laughs> I always find it so interesting how that, that thing came to us. And yeah, we still use it. Uh we teach yeah. it in our in our uh, you know in all our programs and with our clients we're always like minimal Bible content, minimal Bible content. <laughs> Can people still get that lead magnet? Yeah, I think if you go to contentisprofit.com, uh, should be on on there right now. If you go and it's not in there, just send me a message because we might be changing the page for uh, the special stream that we have right now. Uh, okay. We're doing kind of like a giveaway type of stuff. But it's usually there in contentisprofit.com. Cool. Awesome. Cool, cool. Um, okay, let's move on to the valuation side of things. We love to find out what numbers you are tracking in your business. Uh, it's it's fun, and it's fun for the audience to hear that as well and start to go, oh, I should be tracking numbers, right? So yeah. what numbers do you guys track daily? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to be honest. I, we, we don't do that good of a job in that. We do it more on a weekly basis. We don't track them weekly daily. Good. Yeah, okay. Um, but honestly, is cash flow in? cash flow yeah. out right like what are we spending on what are we getting in if i'm being honest just because we don't have too much of ad spend and, and stuff like that more a lot of our again our strategy is very organic hey let's reach out to these people and whatnot so or we we work a lot on referrals so lately what we've been at least what i've been focusing more on is kind of like the economics of the business right like okay do we need to increase our prices do we need to do this so so right. it makes sense what we're doing on the back end um but yeah the, the number that we're tracking mostly is revenue it was there was a time where we were tracking uh email opt-ins we haven't done done that in a while if i'm being honest yeah. now we're gonna have to start tracking because of the special news uh we're gonna have to be tracking a lot of podcast downloads right and that might be a a hint to what is coming to to (laughs) yeah we're gonna have to start uh, tracking a lot of podcast downloads and we're probably gonna bring somebody into the team that is gonna start doing a little bit more outbound in the in the podcasting side of things so getting cool. us on other people's shows. So if you're listening to this and you need a guest, hey, um, hey. Send me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, well, my brother on his side, he, he's the one that's in charge more of the outbound, uh, okay. you know, outreach. So he tracks that, but we don't really share that that much between us, which we probably, we probably should. I'm more, <laughs> I'm, I'm more in charge a little bit right now of the operational side of things. So I'm, I'm dealing more, more with our team, 
um, you know, the content that we're delivering to our clients and all that stuff. Right. Is he more of the numbers person? On, on the he, he definitely is more of the numbers person too. Yeah, I'm more, I'm, I'm more on the creative side. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is the number guy, number one percent, and I, and I'm sure his answer was way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, he did give us a few more numbers that are being tracked. Yeah. You can't tell like, wow, this guy knows nothing about the business. <laughs> not true, not true. Yeah. All right. Michael, what other questions do you have? Um, well, I think we went through what we were hoping to to glean from you, but uh, we're so excited and and. Uh, privilege that you could take some time out. We know you guys are doing some incredible things. Okay. And in light of that, we wanted to be able to share with our audience the things that you are doing that are incredible. And so what, uh, you know, and, and, and it'll be fun because we get to hear from from your side. You said you're the dreamer, uh, <laughs> a bit more of the dreamer in it. And so we want to hear what it is that uh, our our audience could uh, get from you? How can they find you? How can they get to you? What can they do with you? And what's the best way for them to get involved? Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you know, my my dream, and I've been thinking this about it a lot, but is we started just as a multi-purposing, you know, company where we get all the people's podcasts and then we just turn that into multiple content. But the more I think, the more I get involved and the more we talk with our clients and the people that we're helping, uh, I personally want to be the best B2B content agency, right? Like we just want to help people have the best top of funnel content and help them be consistent. Because at the end of the day, that's what we've noticed is that most people are just lacking that consistency. And guess what? Consistency is about having accountability around you. Of course, you need to create the content, but that is not the difficult part. Like we know everybody's capable of jumping in front of a camera. Most people that have a somewhat established business, they know the problems they're solving, the solutions that they have, they can voice them. They can, you know, they have their positioning. Like they have the message, but they lack the consistency because of post-production X, Y, and C processes, right? We bring that to the table to help people and we held them accountable. So, that is what we're working on right now with our clients. We started actually when they don't send us content, we're like, hey, dude, let's jump on a call. We're going to record content together. So we're doing the research for them. We are helping them with the recordings. We're doing the post-production, everything. So I'm very excited to where we're taking this to. If you guys want to know more about that, you can go to contentmomentum.com. Uh, the best way to get in contact with us, honestly, is through Instagram. We are always there. So my personal one is Luis Camejo V. It's a little bit complicated, so you might just want to search for Biz Bros and just send us a message in there. We'll answer. And if you want, just let us know that you come from this podcast. And, of course, we'll give you the special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> special treatment. <laughs> of course, uh, don't forget they have a podcast. Uh, and, uh, and you got to check that out as well because they are awesome. It's a lot of fun and, uh, and they share with you some incredible, yeah, you. incredible guests and incredible content. So make sure you check out their podcast as well. Uh, Lexi, you want to, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Of course. There's so um, much more to their story. You guys got to, got to dig yeah, in. You got to go follow them. So we, we love the biz bros. We're, we're so grateful for the, the friendship that we have gained with, with the biz bros yes. and, and thank you so much for being here on the show. And guys, you got to go check them out. We, we love them. You got to go find their podcast as well. And, 
and be friends with the biz bros. So thank you so much for being thank here you, and uh, everybody have a great day. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace out. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography. 